When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and take care of yourself. So today, we find an amazing article that states a United States Air Force flight nurse interviewed an alien named Errol who stated that Earth was an alien prison before 30,000 BCE. Now, apparently... This alien was one of the living aliens that during the crash of Roswell. So this woman's name is Miss Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, who is a senior master sergeant of the Women's Army Air Force Medical Corps. Uh, this article comes to us from DeshineNewsPost.com, and it is pretty fascinating. Let's talk about this because this is blowing my mind already. I'm pretty interested. So... Matilda states that when she was 23 years old, when she conducted a telepathic conversation with this alien, she was the only one in the base who could communicate with the entities using her mind. And she discovered <laughs> during her discussion that Errol was an extraterrestrial and not a biological person. Although she had female-like appearance, she had not been damaged during the accident. She described the extraterrestrial as a Bit, a bit of the size of a child, and uh, her body was composed of synthetic material, indicating that she was a higher order being's alien robot. So the, this is an alien robot for a higher order, order being. Very interesting. All right. Remember, you know, in my previous podcast, I talked about these like little gray aliens as being kind of like these like iRobots and worker bees for basically any civilization out there. It's probably like a Best Buy out there. They're buying them at. Oh, and for those who don't live in America, Best Buy is like, you know, one of our famous electronic stores here. Um, so this UFO was made of the same material as this being's extraterrestrial body. According to the book Alien Interview in 2008, which is based on Miss Matilda O'Donnell's McElroy's notes and documented interviews. Um, so Lawrence Spencer actually wrote this book, and he claimed to have received a letter from Matilda in which she revealed details of these conversations she had with Errol. She said the species uh, of aliens was known as the Domain Expeditionary Force. Again, this is in English. 
Again, these are telepathic images that are sent to you. So they're sent in your language. We interpret them and write them down. Is that their exact name? Probably not in their language, right? It is in our English language. It's our understanding of it. So they state that they've been conducting operations in our solar system for about 10,000 years using the asteroid belt as an intergalactic base. Matilda was assigned to the 509th bomb wing as a flight nurse, and she asked Errol several questions about her civilization, star system, and history. This is where it gets interesting, because according to their chart, the girl had come from a place, the girl, a.k.a. robot, uh, had come from a place called Domain. Matilda described it uh, as an area that was not just one uh, planet in a galaxy, but a galaxy's worth of galaxies. So basically, this area was like a huge, huge area that they came from. It probably dominated, right? you got to imagine. Uh, somewhere out in the universe. Her home, according to the alien robot, was full of power, knowledge, and wisdom. Her planet has three moons and two stars, a.k.a. suns. According to Matilda, the girl did not offer um, all of the information about their planet. Um, she was suspicious of the military officer's motives, and therefore she refused to re reveal any classified information to humans. Matilda took this as a dangerous sign because if aliens did not uh, find a haven on Earth, it could become a significant problem for humanity. Errol described her civilization as very powerful, extremely ancient, and only concerned with progress. That's kind of interesting and scary at the same time. So, let's go to the letter that Matilda wrote to uh, Lawrence Spencer in 2007. Okay, we're going to read this letter to you. So, this is in her own writing from August 12, 2007. And this is not the only thing, but this is just one of the letters um, he received. As you know, in July, 20, <laughs> July 1947, the Roswell Army Airfield issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Bomb Group had recovered a crash-flying dish from the ranch near Roswell, New Mexico, sparking, interest, sparking intense media interest. When the news that there had been a crash was received at the base, I was asked to accompany Mr. Cavett, the counterintelligence officer, to the crash site as the driver of his vehicle and to render emergency medical assistance to any survivors if necessary. When we arrived, I learned that one of four personnel on board the craft had survived the crash and was conscious and apparently uninjured. I immediately detected that the alien being was attempting to communicate with me through mental images or telepathic thought, I reported this phenomenon to Mr. Cabot. As no other person present could perceive these thoughts, and the alien seemed able and willing to communicate with me, it was decided, after a brief consultation with the senior officer, that I would accompany the surviving alien back to the base. My duty was to communicate with the alien and to make complete report of all that I discovered to command authorities. Subsequently, I supplied... I was supplied with a specific list of questions provided me by the military and non-military personnel, which I was to interpret for the alien, 
and record the responses to the questions provided. See, this is where, I'm just going to stop for one second, that video where they have the alien talking in English and they state that it's an alien interview, it's really cool. I like the message, but I just don't think it's real because it's not going to speak in English. It's going to speak in telepathy to you, and you can write it down if you want in our old antiquated methodology, but it's not going to speak in English, okay? Not not audibly, anyway. Not for a recording, okay? It's just not going to happen. Um, okay, so back to her letter. Um, she states, Mankind needs to know know the answers to the questions which are contained in these documents. Who are we? Where do we come from? What is our purpose on Earth? If, if, if there is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe, why have they not contacted us? Sorry. It is vital that people understand the devastating consequence to our physical and spiritual survival if we fail to take effective action to undo the long-standing and pervasive effects on alien interve- intervention on Earth. Signed, Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, August 12th, 2007. Ooh, that was a lot. Sorry, gotta get oxygen back in my lungs. So, what do we think about that? So, that, that's a letter that was given to Spencer, and he stated that this is the unaltered letter. It's a picture of it, actually, that was typed out. Um, he states, the unaltered letter, handwritten notes, and transcripts I received are reproduced in this book. Footnotes have been added for the sake of definition and as supplemental background information only. Um, but yeah, this I, I really want to read this book because I'm sure there's a lot more information on there than there is in this article. Um, but what what the article continues to state is, um, is that there's in quotations long before humans arrow replied when matilda inquired how long they had been visiting earth long before humans were here think about that right as far as we know humans have only been in existence for i think it was like i want to say like homo homo sapiens have only been here for like fifty thousand years um if i do my do my due diligence here and check it out but i think that's what the case is so like obviously you know 50,000 years is just a drop in the bucket long have humans been on earth let's see what google says approximately 300,000 years the first homo sapiens okay arose alongside our other hominid relatives so you know it depends on which version of humans we're talking about but yeah, I mean, you know, it, even if it's 300,000 years, that's a really long time, really long time. Um, 50,000 years, not that long. 300,000 years, now we're getting a little bit longer, right? <laughs> so um, I just want to see some say, say, be in. So um, yeah, that's, that's what they were saying. And, you know, like a lot of these ancient carvings go back to 30,000 years. So, I mean, depends on, you know... What do you consider humans, just in physical form or at a certain level of civilization, evolution, to where we could communicate with cave drawings, cave paintings, you know, it's up to you. But anyway, getting back to the article, Matilda wrote in her footnotes, Earth is a small planet orbiting a, a galaxy's rim stars. Think about that, a galaxy's rim stars, so the galaxy and then the star on, on the rim of, of the Milky Way galaxy. So we're like on the rim. 
So she states that it geographically isolates Earth from more concentrated planetary civilizations that dwell towards the galaxy's core. So more concentrated planetary civilizations that dwell towards the galaxy's core. So we're kind of out here on the outer rim while there's more civilizations towards the core. Because of these realities, Earth is only appropriate for the use as a zoological or botanical garden or jail as it is now. Okay, so, so what they're saying is we're too far away from any metropolitan area, basically, if you want to put it that way. Like, think of us, think of our galaxy as a state, and where are you going to put a jail or a garden? You're not going to put it in the middle of the city. You're going to put it outside the city where there's not going to be a lot of people and if we escape, we're not going to be able to make it to their more civilized areas. Okay? So that's what they're saying. Before 30,000 BCE, Earth was utilized as a landfill, gotta love that, and prison for ISBEs deemed untouchable. So I'm assuming that just means, you know, uh, aliens that were deemed untouchable, including criminals and nonconformists. The ISBEs were captured in various sections of the quote-unquote old empire encased in electronic traps <coughs> and transferred to earth on mars and earth amnesia stations were placed underground africa's uh ruenzori mountains portugal's pyrenees mountains and mongolia's steppes all have them now that's really interesting because amnesia stations kind of makes sense for the fact that we come here and we totally forget who we are as humans so wouldn't it be interesting if they were those were placed here also alongside aliens that were nonconformists and criminals and they're just going to make you forget everything and let you live out your life. <clears throat> I wonder if they don't allow like killing. So we can't kill you but we're going to put you on this other prison planet where you're going to forget who you were and what you were and let you live out your life. But think about that for a second. How much are they going to make you forget in order to allow you to survive, right? You have to remember some things in order to be able to even survive. And, you know, it's interesting to look at humans as us being aliens to the earth as well. Because so many people have stated, so many scientists have stated that we couldn't have come from earth because we're so allergic to so many things on the planet. So many people have allergies. Uh, serious ones that are life-threatening and then just more moderate ones in addition to that we get sunburns easily uh, as though you know we are not at the correct distance from the Sun that we were from another planet that was farther away from the Sun uh, in addition you know there's lots of other things that don't compute for us to be living here so what does that mean so that probably means that, you know, we just simply don't exist here or shouldn't have existed here, that we didn't grow up here. Um, but anyway, getting back to the article, uh, they state Matilda's story sounds like it's something out of science fiction. Um, however, it seems like it's more science fact. Um, so there's actually a short film they talk about, The Ex Asthma 2008. Uh, which the movie was released on YouTube in 2009, uh, in which a deviant infant alien was converted into a human and deported to Earth by ETs after disturbing the peace on their planet. 
That's what that's what they're saying. This kind of sounds like. They state that the film is an odd notion, but it reminds them of Matilda's description of Earth as a jail for ISBEs who were thrown here and encased in electronic traps. It's interesting that they talk about them being encased in electronic traps because if some of these aliens, for whatever reason, were from a different dimension, meaning a higher dimension, um, they would have to be in some sort of electric or electronic traps to bring them here and then put them in a more of a three-dimensional uh, space. I'm not saying that they all are from different dimensions. They could easily be from the third dimension, uh, just, you know, same as you and I, just physical, um, and be brought here with electronic traps so that they can't get out more of like a, you know, herding the cows and electronic fences type scenario. Um, you know, but that's, that's what's really interesting. And then, and then to put amnesia, um, you know, centers around the world, I, it's really interesting. I don't know if I believe it, but it is really interesting. I mean, did they put the amnesia centers there so that they would forget about, you know, the ability to even travel to other planets and, you know, they could live out their lives, but they, they'd have to live here. Well, does that seem super fair either though? I mean, I mean, why didn't they keep them in a jail if that's the case? You know, why put them on another planet where they could cause further destruction if they're just simply free versus keeping them on their home planet in a jail? Are they, you know, is it cheaper? They're just like, we're not going to feed these guys. We're just going to send them down to earth and let them live out the rest of their lives. Would we do that? You know, I mean, it seems almost inhumane. You know, it seems inhumane to keep someone in a jail cell just as much as it seems inhumane to leave them on a planet. Um, but again, we have to do something with people who are, you know, violent or continually breaking the law. Um, you know, and that's just something that we have to think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, then if those centers, those amnesia centers existed, were they only intended to affect aliens who came here, the criminal aliens? Or did they intend or not care that they would affect every other living thing that's on the planet as well? Isn't that interesting? We may forget, you know, our past lives or whatever happened before here. However, we do carry the DNA from our, our fathers and our father's fathers and our mothers and our mother's mothers within us through hundreds of, hundreds of you know, generations, maybe even thousands. So, I mean, you know, it's interesting that we can carry on the muscle memory, some of the memories in the DNA, the DNA adapts and adjusts just like viruses do they mutate and and maneuver and they have me memory so we have memory from the material cells and maybe even some of the spiritual memory from our ancestors but we don't have the memory of our previous lives and that's where i think a lot of people get upset is that we don't have that memory and we can't build upon the past if we don't know about the past can't build upon our emotional, spiritual past if we don't know about it. And that becomes frustrating for a lot of us here on the planet. Um, if these centers, these amnesia centers did exist, then that might explain a little bit about what's going on. My personal hope and personal thoughts are that I would hope that 
that's not the case. I would hope that we, you know, we came here um, agreeing that, that we were going to forget so that we could, you know, for whatever greater purpose that was. Um, but wouldn't it be interesting if before we came here as spirits, we agreed to come here knowing we were going to forget. And the reason was not some sort of spiritual block, but that there was some sort of amnesia center built into the planet. And our spiritual selves knew that. And we knew that if we came here and incarnated that we would forget. But on the same token, we can also astral travel. And we can also access this um, collective unconscious or collective consciousness, if you will, um, that has tremendous amounts of information in it. Um, if we only allow ourselves to, if we get in the right uh, brainwave frequency to accept those. Tesla said he tapped into those. Uh, many other scientists say they tapped into those. Uh, and that's how they got their information. So it is truly fascinating to think about how this case could have long-term effects for the human species and other species if what Matilda is saying is true. And for the overall picture, for the spirit of humanity, spirit of animals on this planet and other life on this planet and what that means looking forward into the future. Really, really fascinating stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, do I think it's true? I, I think it's definitely possible. Possible. There's lots of people who are coming out and telling the truth now, so I think that as these people age and they're getting towards their, their deathbed or they're on their deathbed, they want to come out with this information. So hopefully uh, more and more people will come out. But again, to people that were around at 47, uh, as 20-year-olds, it's getting real close to the end for anybody that was alive back then. Because you're talking, they'd have to be born in like 1927 to be 20 and 47. So really, they probably have to, you know, they would be pushing 100, you know, pushing 90, 90 to 100. So, all right, I'll leave it at that. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally. Taking care of your energies. Taking care of your physical health. Taking care of your, your emotional health. You know, if you need a break, take a break. If you need a physical break, take that break. Um, follow through on those hobbies and goals and dreams. You know, even though I'm still not feeling great, um, there's this crazy RSV virus going around with all these children and all these people and everybody's getting it. And uh, it's not COVID. Yeah, COVID is not <laughs> nearly as uh, passable or communicable as this. But man, it, it just... This is definitely, you know, wiping me out. I know it's wiping my kids out, and it's just everybody's feeling it. So I hope you guys take care of yourselves and continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.